Hey guys, Laura here. I wanted to invite you to my Authenticity Workshop on Friday, May 24th. The title of this workshop is Authentic Expression and Why It Will Make You Wealthy. And I use the word wealthy not specifically in the traditional sense, although that's true as well, but also holistically wealthy, um, leading to a life of joy, abundance, and expansion. Because when we learn to authentically express, there's nothing more powerful. And once we learn it and we bring it to our nurse coaching practice, it echoes into over into every other area of our life. So come for this interactive workshop. It's 30 bucks. You need to register. Link will be in the bio. Thank you. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. Today it is Laura and I'm by myself and I am super excited to do this topic. I'm always excited. I like doing podcasts. I like talking to you guys. I like trying to think of what would create the most value. I always think back to my first, second year in business, what podcast would have helped me the most. I think about the pain that I was in. I think about the uncertainty, about the dreams I had, anything that could have like made it better. That's how we come up with our topics. So today I'm going to do a spinoff of the workshop I've already done last year called Anatomy of a Sale. And Anatomy of a Sale, we had so many people show up to this. I think we had over 100 people live. It was the first time we, we had too many people live that we had to upgrade our Zoom because I think we all want to understand the sales process and demystify it and maybe even fall in love with it. And dare I say, be good at it. I mean, nurses, to go from being an RN to someone who identifies as really good at sales, it feels like it's a long path. It's just, it's not. It's like a skill. When we first started nursing school, could we start IVs? No, it's a skill. We can learn it. Same thing with sales. So anatomy of a sale, I'm not going to do the whole workshop here. I'm going to just outline some main points and then elaborate on them and maybe give some examples of it. And if you want to see the entire workshop, it's two hours long. It's fabulous. Even if I do say so myself, it, I put a lot of hours into it. You can purchase that on our website. Uh, I, th I think it's 30 bucks. Don't quote me on that, but it'll be under our workshops tab. So you can get that at any time and see the entirety of it. But today we're just going to use some of those concepts and develop them further. What is the, the first part of a sale? And I think we often think of this as uh, in the proposal call, but it's not true. The first part of a sale occurs the moment that a human being knows who you are and knows what you do. And when we first start our business, zero people in the world see us as a coach. And the goal is, is that over the, the next year, two years, three years, that, that thousands of people know who you are and what you do. So the first part of a sale is that there has to be human beings that know you are a coach. This is where visibility is a must. And how how are you know what are some of the ways that we get more human beings to know we are a coach? Oh, there's so many ways. 
first of all, all your pro bono clients know you're a coach. Maybe some of your coworkers know you're a coach. So the first step is just to start telling people that, hey, I am, I opened my own coaching practice. I am a, a coach. Now, nurse coach, when you say you're a nurse coach, it can be confusing and it can take the conversation into a weird direction. So I actually don't recommend that you say that you're a nurse coach. It's not a household name yet. I'm thinking in the next few years, this will shift. As of today, 2023, May of 2023, I think we do better as new nurse coaches if when we say what we do is that we are a health coach or we are a life coach we're a transformational coach, we're a life alignment coach, we are a spiritual guide coach, we are an advanced health coach. I like that one if you guys are doing health coaching. Uh, because people kind of know what that is, or like they can they can begin to think about what you might do. Like they can begin to form an opinion. If you say you're a nurse coach, they'll say, oh, you coach nurses. And then you say, well, no. And then you get into this whole story about what a nurse coach is and it they, their eyes kind of glaze over. So in my opinion, pick a title that's relevant to who you think you're going to help, even though that could change. I changed my title so many times my first year. It's not a big deal. So letting people know you're a coach in your surroundings and in your interactions, when people say, what do you do for a living? Don't say I'm a nurse and then say you're a coach. Say that you're a coach with a nursing background. That's way more powerful. We're so used to the pride of saying we're an RN. I think it's just habitual. Break that habit. And even if you have no paying clients, claim who you are, speak it out to the world. Our words create our, our reality. Uh, being visible. Where can we be visible? We can be visible on a creating, once you create your business, creating a Google page for your business so that when people Google um, life coach in my area, health coach in my area, you come up, there's reviews. They see that you're a nurse because you have your credentials and your name and voila, you're visible. And that's free, by the way. Social media, LinkedIn, TikTok, if you're into videos, YouTube, if you're into videos, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Should you have a profile on all of them? Sure. Why not? It's It's It would take you a half a day to do that or three hours to do that. Do you need to be masters of all of them and post on all of them every day? Heck no, not in the beginning. Pick the one you most like. If you're going to do any kind of social media marketing, pick one, master it, just create profiles on the rest as placeholders. And then as you grow, there are strategies for content repurposing and making uh, a little bit of content go a really long way. And actually today's the first day I'm recording video in this podcast because we are going to repurpose this for you guys so that you have video so that it's not just my voice that you could see my face. I'm actually doing that right now. The other thing I'd like to say about being visible is that it can be really scary. And maybe we just didn't know that we were scared until we thought about doing it. And this is where having a mentor or a coach is really helpful. And essentially, any professional person is visible. We've been visible as nurses. We just haven't been visible as coaches. So it's it'll really, it'll catch up, but you have to start with embodying it, feeling like an imposter. It's totally normal. And then people have to know you're a coach. And then we need to create some resonance or relevance to the people around us. For example, 
Hmm. A weight loss coach. Um, I'm probably not going to hire a weight loss coach. It's just not relevant to me. Not that I don't need to probably drop a few LBs. Um, but in my opinion, a weight loss coach isn't going to be the place I'd go. I'm going to go to someplace different. So for me, a weight loss coach is not relevant to me, um, but there's lots of other coaches that are relevant to me. Financial wealth building coaches and marriage coaches and all sorts of hypnotherapy, Reiki. Like there are things that are relevant to me in this moment. So knowing who you help or having this, this broad idea of who you help and then being relevant to them and being in resonance with them. Now, what does that mean? Are you relatable or are you too professional and too curated? Often we think of being professional as being stuffy, as being one-dimensional, as not sharing any of our humanness. And in the transformation industry, that just doesn't go that far. So you can act professional in your business, which means you show up where you you say you're going to show up. You speak directly and professionally. You don't treat your business like a side hustle or an MLM. You treat it like you are a professional, but you can still be relatable. You can still be casual. You can still be vulnerable. You can still have a personal brand that encompasses all aspects of who you are. You know, being too professional can really hurt here unless you're going to be doing corporate coaching or high-end executive coaching. That personal branding might look a little different. Ah, (laughs) it might not. It actually might not. It could. It could. We could play with that. We could make that argument. I'm sure it could go both ways. What I see is best for nurse coaches is a combination of, yes, having professional attributes to us, the way that we think of our business, the way that we show up to our business. But as far as are are we relatable, not being too stuffy, not having the arms crossed with a with a blazer and like no smile, like we want to like show people who we are, what we like, what's important to us to create resonance. People have hired me for so many different reasons that had nothing to do with coaching. So for example, I have a brand new golden retriever puppy right now. If I, if I was on the lookout for another coach and I had five coaches to choose from, and one of them had just gotten a golden retriever puppy, chances are I'd probably be more drawn to them. I'd have more resonance to them. They'd have more relevance to me. So we wanted to use our personal brands. Are we parents? Are we not parents? Do we travel? Do we not travel? Do we like to go out and have a drink and have a good time? Or are we sober? And for me, I'm a medical freedom advocate. That's a huge controversial part of who I am. That's a huge magnet to the right people and and maybe not a magnet to the wrong people, which is great. So also creating a personal brand, which is an online reputation of who you actually are that can change and evolve as you change and evolve. It's really the easiest way to market. You just be you everywhere all the time. And that's your marketing. Easy peasy. Another way you can be relevant is do you seem to know how to solve a problem that they have? Where does this come from? Like, where would somebody uh, get a feeling that I could help them with a problem they have? Um, Because I tell them. Or one of my previous clients tells them only two ways. I tell them through my copy that I write on my page. I tell them through my email marketing that possibly I'm doing. I tell them in person. I embody it. I tell them at workshops that I do. 
I invite them into coaching conversations and I tell them I can help them in the coaching conversations. And, and over time, part of your reputation, part of your personal brand will be, hey, Laura knows how to help people make money. And that becomes part of my brand. It be, then you don't have to talk about it so much. It's just part of who you are. Or maybe you're so used to talking about it that, that it just becomes part of your personal brand. Do you write, talk, or do videos that express in detail the inner thoughts and feelings that they have? This is such a key piece here. I remember uh, being really fatigued. I had, for those of you that don't know, I have a history of chronic fatigue. And man, mornings, when you wake up, when you've slept 10 hours and you wake up tired, the thoughts that go through your brain before your feet hit the ground are dark, especially when you have kids, especially when there's other human beings that are depending on you. So like resting more isn't an option. And honestly, with fatigue, resting more doesn't help. And I would question my ability to be a mother. Like I would question my mental health. Is this physical? Is this mental? Is this spiritual? Is this ever going to go away? Like those were some pretty deep inner thoughts I had when I was in the throes of that illness. And any of you listening to this right now, who've ever experienced that, as I talk about it, you can tell that I've, I know what you've been through. That immediately creates resonance. So developing the skill and ability to do videos or to, to write copy, which is just anything that you write that's written, that expresses in great detail, sounds, smells, feelings, relational thoughts and feelings that they might be having. So if you are a weight loss coach, what are the innermost private thoughts and feelings that people who are struggling with weight loss have? Not feeling sexy and their, and their, and their, their sex in their marriage is going down because they don't want to take their clothes off. Um, fear of going on a plane and sitting next to somebody else who's bigger and not being able to fit. Um, not meeting weight challenges as far as being able to, to ride a horse. Like these are things, real thoughts that people who are overweight might be having. And you speak to those. Can you talk about them? And if you have an experience in yourself, say, maybe you're feeling, not, not are you feeling, but maybe you're feeling if you haven't experienced it yourself, but really starting to get into the psychology of what your ideal client could be experiencing um, around the problems that you solve. The next is anatomy of a sale is the invite. I think, gosh, we, we want people to come to us first. They will. But 80% of people will not take any action out of their normal patterns unless they are invited. And multiple times. Invited multiple times. I just had someone... Um, I'm interested in writing a book one day. And I reached out to a coach that helps with that just to put them on my radar. I'm not ready now. And she just messaged me today. This is like the third time she's messaged me. And I just keep saying, I'm not ready yet, but, but keep me on your radar. So I'm a prospect in her world. You might have to invite the person multiple times with permission. You might have to repetitively uh, have contact with this person. So inviting is, is necessary finding a way to do it that's clean for you, that doesn't feel icky, and just 
plan of doing follow-up. Um, there's so much, so many sales made in the follow-up, in the sixth contact, seventh contact, eight contact. Yes, there's some short game people who are ready to, to jump into your coaching container because they're ready. But there's 80% who aren't quite ready yet. Just like I'm not quite ready to write a book, but I want to one day and I will one day. And she's front runner for me to hire. It's very likely that eventually I will hire her because I like her. So long game and short game. And you have to stay in the long game through nurturing, through service, through checking in in a really beautiful way. Here's another thing too. If you do a, a post, this cracks me up. People will do a coming out post. They'll get join our program. We instruct you to do a coming out post and you do the coming out post. And in it, you say, if you want to experience coaching, DM me. And then 20 people in the comments will say, I'd want to, but they won't DM you. They, don't, they actually didn't follow through with the instructions. 80% will wait for a direct invite from you or even multiple follow-ups, even though they've already said that they want this, they want to do coaching with you. So the first part of the sale is awareness that invisibility that you even exist as a coach, resonance and relevance with your potential clients, and then inviting being the tugboat, bringing people into your world directly in leadership, um, letting some, we call it tugboating or lighthouse. Lighthouse is you're posting all the time, you're doing content all the time, you're doing video all the time, still work, uh, that eventually people come to you. Tugboat is doing content and waiting for people to respond and then inviting them into experience coaching. Coaching is experiential. And this is, a really important sentence. Nothing matters in your business if you don't have calls in your calendar. Nothing matters. So without marketing and sales, a business can't exist. Usually the first bucket of a business is going to be marketing and sales. Yes, you have to do some things to create for your operations. But the name of your business doesn't matter. Your EIN doesn't matter practice better, your practice software doesn't matter, G Suite doesn't matter, websites don't matter, your social media doesn't matter, your headshots don't matter, business cards don't matter. You get the point. And also people don't make a decision off of seeing an offer once or seeing you once. Repetition is so important. Plan on it. We're going to go into, this is from Rich Litvin, but he talks about the four things that people spend money on. And this is so helpful. So there's four things that people spend money on. They spend money on time. So essentially they'd spend money to save time. They spend money to make more money. They spend money on status. We'll go into what that means. And they spend money for more peace. Okay. I'm going to use something else from Rich Litvin that was just so helpful. New nurse coaches will come out of cert and they're going to write a post or on their website, they're going to have something like this. Um, this is some generic copy found on a meditation website. Meditation is a great way to reduce stress, promote health and well-being, and maintain a positive and relaxed attitude to life. So that sounds delightful. Would you spend $2,000 on that? I wouldn't because my ego's already in in the back of my mind and my ego saying, uh, 
yeah, that's what's in it for me. It sounds really nice. But what's it what's actually in it for me? Why would I spend $2000 on that? Now, this is uh, again from uh, Rich Litvin, I don't want to take credit for this. Is he writes, let's upgrade that message for a coach who teaches meditation in the corporate world. So same thing. I'm going to say it differently. Meditation helps you develop inner peace in your daily life. When you have more inner peace, people trust you. They take you more seriously because they see that you don't feel secure, insecure in challenging moments. When you are the most secure, you feel more confident and you're taken more seriously by your boss, your board, or your customers. Imagine how your increased confidence and inner peace will impact your salary and opportunities for promotion. Of course, if you don't get that promotion, you'll feel confident from the inside out anyway. Now that paragraph hits, I think, on all four, all four of the things that people spend money on. So meditation helps you develop inner peace in your daily life. That's vanilla. It's not enough. Inner peace does sound great, but what does inner peace mean? Then he ties it to when you have more inner peace, people trust you. So if people trust you, you have more status. Check. They take you more seriously because they see that you don't feel insecure in challenging moments. So now meditation creates confidence, creates security. And then you don't feel insecure in challenging moments. Not feeling insecure in challenging moments, that's peace. I'm down. I'd spend two grand to not feel insecure in challenging moments. And I've spent a couple hundred grand learning how to not feel insecure in really challenging moments. Um, When you feel more secure, you feel more confident and you're taken more seriously by your boss, your board, or your customers. Again, status. Meditation creates a way of being where the world views you different. And that is, a, that is appealing to status. Imagine how your increased confidence and inner peace will impact your salary and opportunities for promote, promotion. So now this coaching, this $2,000 coaching package that you're selling with meditation, you're connecting the dots for the ego and you're telling the ego, yeah, spend $2,000 with me and I'm going to teach you how to have more promotions and have a higher salary and so much more opportunity. And then even if you don't get that promotion, you'll have more inner peace. You'll deal with that better anyway, which is kind of like already overcoming the objection of like, well, what if I don't get the, what if I spend the two grand and I don't get the promotion? Well, at least you'll feel better in the challenging time. It's so much more powerful. And this is what, what writing good copy can do. It's connecting the dots for the ego. Um, this is the way I kind of think about the ego with sales. Actually, I'm going to give you guys two stories here. Um, first one, and I did this on, on a few podcasts ago. I talked about as an advocate, as a nurse, we advocate for our patients who cannot advocate for themselves, especially the ones who are nonverbal and non-communicative. And oftentimes we are um, advocating to doctors to get them different medications or different different things that they might need. Maybe we're advocating with their family. Did this in comfort care a lot. Maybe we're advocating to their for their family to begin to prepare to let them go. But we've done hard advocacy as nurses. 
That's the same energy of sales. It's persuasion, it's perspective, and it's advocacy for our client. Now, the ego is the gatekeeper to that. So if if our client, for example, let's say our client is in $10,000 worth of debt and depressed because of it. And so we coach them and the debt comes up a lot. And so their worry about debt is impacting their sleep and impacting um, their self-worth and their health. And they're spending money on stupid things and they don't know why and they're impulsive. And now we're going to try to sell them a $2,000 coaching package. And beginning beginner nurse coaches will be like, well, she's not going to buy coaching. She's in debt. But your client is currently in a matrix of their own making, created by the beliefs they have about themselves in the world. And if they stay in that matrix, they will just keep getting more of what life has already given them. It's very unlikely if they keep, if they do it by themselves, that they're going to ever change the way they look at the world and themselves to get out of debt, to create more self-confidence, to begin taking care of themselves, to, to stop with the impulsive bias, to begin to save, to begin to build agency over themselves, to get that momentum, which then leads to job opportunities, which then leads to status changes where the world sees them differently, where more opportunities are available to them. We essentially break them free from the matrix. But sometimes in the sales process, we've got to address those four things. We have to connect the dots. We can't just sell, it can't just sell talking to us, right? Like who's going to spend $2,000 to talk to, to me because it makes them feel better? I have to tie it to the results that we're going to get. So let's take this last client. Let's say her name is Hillary. Say, hey, Hillary, I have loved coaching you these last two sessions. And here's what I see. I see that you're in $10,000 for debt and it's affecting your sleep. You have stress about it. You feel guilty for having it. And through that guilt and in the lower emotional states, you're spending money on things you know you shouldn't spend it on. You're eating out even though you don't want to. Your health is suffering. And you've kind of got yourself in a position where you feel a little helpless. Is that true? Yes. Hey, what I'd like to propose is a package to work with me for three months. But I want to really describe in detail what I think it could look like. Are you okay with that? Yes. Hillary says yes. So I say, now remember, I'm going to hit all four buckets, peace, status, money, and time. Well, first, the work we're going to do in the beginning of our container, we're really going to get conscious of your thoughts because changing your thoughts will create more peace and you'll start to feel better about your external circumstances, even though they haven't shifted yet. Next, we're going to work diligently in seeing how you spend your time. I'll be accountable. I'll be able to see it. We'll do an exercise and we'll see if we can't create more time to work on on the things you want to work on. The third thing we're going to do is we're going to completely overhaul how you see debt and how you see money, which will then create more confidence in the way that you feel daily, which your friends, your family, your husband, and your kids will begin to notice. And something magical happens when our family members begin to reflect back to us what they see, the differences in us. And lastly, I believe at the end of three months, we will have a clear path to get you not only out of debt, 
but find a way for you to, to earn more, to change your relationship with money so that this little blip in your life becomes a thing of the past, becomes a lesson you can pass on to your children. And I'm so passionate about this. The investment for this is $2,000. And I want you to sit with that. How does that feel? And, and we're going to, I'll stay right with you here. We're going to talk through how you're feeling about this. And this is where you'd go into overcoming objections. That's a lot different than saying, yeah, well, I can help you. And to work with me, it's uh, three weeks on, one week off. We have nine one-hour sessions and it's $2,000 and, and I can do payment plans and you can put half down and I can, you can see like how that's not a great way to sell, like selling time, minutes with us. Mm, not it. We need to sell the vision. We need to sell what's possible. We need to sell the future. We need to sell the result of the work with us, not the actual work with us, not the minutes with us. Okay. What I'd like to talk about now is some case studies. And I'm going to give you an example of of how we can even go back to people that have said no. Because a lot of you listening to this right now are going to be like, oh my gosh, Laura, I got so nervous. That's exactly what I did. They said they couldn't afford it. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll always be here if you ever need a coach. Maybe you've got a list of people that you know you didn't serve powerfully or that you could do this better. So how do we go back to them? If it's been more than a month, message them. Say, hey, I have not been able to stop thinking about you for this reason or A, B, and C. I was wondering if you'd be willing to do one last call with me. And I'm not going to try to sell you. I just feel like I have some more insight to something that could help you. And start the process again. Re-advocate for the person. Don't leave them high and dry. Yes, the result could mean money in your business. That is not the intention. The intention here is to realize that you left somebody high and dry, that you didn't get through the gatekeeper of their ego, that there was a skill that you've now learned and developed that now you might be able to use to advocate for them, for their vision, for what's possible for them, which we know is highly unlikely anybody else in their life can or will do. If we equate it to like a life-altering surgery, if we had 10 patients who needed kidney transplants to live or to live a meaningful life and suddenly we, we got the kidney and we reach out to each of them to schedule the transplant surgery and two of them decide they don't want it because they're afraid. They're afraid of change. They're afraid of surgery. They're afraid of how much it's going to cost. And as the nurse advocate, we didn't do our best. It's very similar to that, this process. Learning to sell is learning to be a fierce advocate so that if a human being shares with us deeply what they are longing for in their life, whatever that vision is, we hold that with ultimate belief Believe in us as the coach, believe in them as the human being that's going to be doing the work and oh, so much belief in the transformative process of coaching, then sales really is advocacy. How long does it take to get good at sales? I don't know. I sucked at it for a year. 
and people still hired me. So do we have to be like A plus salespeople to run a successful business? No. But we might as well become, we might as well make it a skill set that we're working on. And how do you build this skill set? Training, mentorship, that's a, a must. Recording every single proposal call that you do and watching it back and doing a post-proposal worksheet. Um, in your pre-coaching questionnaire, have a question that says, I record all of my calls for my own purposes and to possibly review with my mentor. Is this okay with you? And have them say yes or no. That way you can just always have the recording option on on your Zoom so you don't forget. And then for those that don't want it recorded, just turn it off for them. But that way you can share it with your mentor. You can review it. And re- it's kind of like football players watching tape like watching their plays. How do they do it? How could they be better? Every proposal, every sales process is is a rep and it's an opportunity to get better and reflecting and evaluating each one of those is so key to mastery of this process. And a really successful nurse coach is going to master the art of sales and to see it as advocacy. And it will ooze from their pores People will feel it in their presence. People will feel possibility in their presence. The conversations have a magical quality to them. They're different than normal conversations. Possibility for the first time. It's an honor to get to do this work. And it's your job to get good at it. I'm going to say this again. It's your ethical job description as a professional nurse coach to become excellent at the sales process. That's a trip, right? To think about it in that way. It's not optional. It's fine if you think it's icky. We'll just work on your thoughts about it. But the most successful nurse coaches embrace this challenge. They face it head on, sweaty pits, feeling uncomfortable, doing weird stuff, feeling awkward, not doing it right every time is part of the game. And we here at the Successful Nurse Coaches would love to support you in this year, your first year, second year of mastery. All right, guys, I didn't go deep, deep, deep into the workshop. Uh, I gave you a lot of good stuff there, but if you want more, absolutely you can purchase it on our website. And of course, if you join our mentorship or you join our preceptorship, this is included. So don't don't purchase it if you're planning on joining us um, in the next year. All right, guys, have a wonderful Monday. We will see you next week.